With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How do you think being on the on the streets at Christmas? Shatter? Yeah. Sorry for the language. That's fine. It's, I suppose we've got a time of goodwill, good yeah, cheer, and people coming together. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I feel? Wash day. I want wash day, right? So you want it to tell people? I'm good. Well, yeah. So there's goodness right there. I can't even believe you're here, mate. We've got Stuart Nealis. Stuart was featured heavily in my documentary, and if I'm honest, was you're out your bin for a good wife, Stuart. Um, Stuart has been homeless for years, drinking drugs, but we fast forward nine months and the results are remarkable. What you've done, what you've achieved, mate, for such a short period of time, mate. I take my hat off to you, and I've got to shake your horn, mate. It's glad, it's good to see you. And I think for the first time, mate, we'll no need subtitles. <laughs> so how you been, mate? Well, I've been good. No, I mean, it's good to remember you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good that we can laugh about it, mate, because it wasn't. It was near laughing. Like I say, it's near laughing matter nine months ago when that you were in the homeless documentary, because like I say, you didn't know what day it was. You probably didn't know what time it was. And did you even remember being in the documentary? No, no, I didn't. I didn't even know I was in the documentary till Julie. Julie McAdams from Street Connect phoned us up three months after it. You know what I mean? And I was actually in rehab at the time. And I was like, nah, you're at it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, if Julie's saying that she's a Christian, she must be telling yeah. the truth. And she's like, do you want to see it? And I'm like, ah, no, really. <laughs> you know I mean? so. But for the results, let's go, like I say, let's go back to where it all started, Stuart, and how your, where your life began and <clears throat> um, where we are now. Well, I grew up in a place called Cumberland, you know what I mean? I, I grew up in a one-parent family, you know what I mean? So I had an older brother, you know what I mean? So it was like pretty much, you know what I mean? Life was, life was hard for day one, you know what I mean? Since I was born, you know what I mean? I only had 24 hours to live, you know what I mean? So I grew up with my mum saying, you were a mistake, you know what I mean? You should have just died at birth and that. And that really hurt me and it affected us in ways that I didn't know, you know what I mean? Till later on in life, you know what I mean? So I was always like, always trying to fight for my mum's attention, you know what I mean, and my brothers, you know what I mean, and when she was getting me into trouble, man, I thought that was her way of showing me love and all that, so 
I grew up, no, I mean, I was quite an angry kid, and like social workers would come in and out my life, no, I mean, they would stick labels on us and say, he's this, he's hyperactive, he's got learning difficulties, he's got this. No, I was just an angry, mixed up kid, no, I mean, fucking trying to get a way out, no, I mean, so a social worker eventually says to us, I mean, why think you try a sport? So I tried that Olympic wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was already at it, no, I mean, then I got injured, no, I mean, and when I got injured, man, I was hanging about the order and crowd, just taking drugs, man, and Somebody introduced to the volume with Tramazapam were about at the time, know what I mean? And it was like, I loved it. Know what I mean? Everyone was going away to raves, man. I was just taking jellies and flipping, doing my stuff and making up in police stations. Uh-huh. But that's what, do you think all oh, the, the, the drugs then was escapism? I don't know. I think it was a way of like, self medicating, know what I mean, for the past ups and all that, well, know what I mean, for things that people would say in my life, know what I mean, when I was younger, know what I mean? No, and it's like, I was just trying to escape, know what I mean, for the pain, know what I mean, and myself, know what I mean, I, I don't have a future, I don't think, know what I mean. And when you think that, then that's what we eventually get, is that where, when did you start sleeping on the streets? What age? Well, what happened was, know what I mean, it's like, things started to progress from one thing to another, know what I mean, know what I mean, so, I think that one of the things, know what I mean, I've, I, I, Alcohol played a big part, you know what I mean? So I happened to fall in a relationship with a girl, you know what I mean? And I'm like, this could be the answer, you know what I mean? To everything. But little did I know, man, later on it would be my downfall, you know what I mean? And she's flipping murder, you know what I mean? And I had two kids there who got took in of care because I had addiction issues, you know what I mean? else, really. Well, we were each other for 21 years, but it was a, two, a two-way violent, you know what I mean, relationship, man. You know what I mean? It wasn't very good, you know what I mean? And so, Push come to the shelf, you know what I mean? She would kick us out, man, and I would have nowhere to go. None of my pals just put us up, my mom, my family, you know what I mean? They take us, you know what I mean? Because of addiction, you know what I mean? And the only place I had, man, was to come, you know what I mean, in Glasgow. And sometimes it was the only place where I felt that I really accepted. That makes any sense. Of course, and obviously I only slept in the street for seven years, eh, seven days. There you go, I try to burn myself up there, but I, only, I was only there for seven days, but I know for that seven days how disconnected I was, how lonely I was, and how you feel as if nobody cares so it's easy to when you're getting off for drugs whatever every 20 minutes it's easy to take them because I know people that's got a great life and it's got plenty of money that are full of drugs as well so it's easy to, to slip into their bad habits so when you were on the streets do you think it was easier to take drugs to hide for the pain and hide that you thought your life could go nowhere? Aye, uh, well, I do, I do think it's easier, you know what I mean, to escape from everything, you know what I mean, just taking drugs and alcohol, and else, and getting yourself into a state where there is on your documentary, not to remember anything, just to blank out for everything, you know what I mean, for everyone, for society, you know what I mean, hang me, when you're out in the streets, eventually, you know what I mean, drugs, drugs and alcohol and all that, only thing that you think about, you don't, you don't even think about anything else, man, it's the first thing you think about when you wake up, and the last thing you think about when, before you go to sleep. A lot of the stuff that I've been posting about homelessness is people getting abused, whether it's mentally, physically. Um, there was some wee guy in a tent last week who got his tent set on fire and nearly killed the poor boy. For me, that's the, by the biggest killers in the world. What kind of abuse did you receive? I've been assaulted, you know what I mean? I've been kicked in the face, you know what I mean? I get kicked in the face, you know what I mean? I've got a metal plate in my eye because of you. Know what I mean, it's just people trying to take advantage of somebody who's down in the lot, you know what I mean? And they look down upon people, you know what I mean? Instead of like, trying to give them a hand up, you know what I mean? And I've been spat at, you know what I mean? And I've had things flung at us, you know what I mean? It's sickening to, to think that we all do bad shit in life and we all make mistakes, but to 
pick on somebody because they've not got a house is a different kind of wrong. Like when people were in my documentary, one of the girls was raped twice in a day, people were stabbed, peed on, shot on, set on fire. That's, like I say, that's... <clears throat> to even think about doing that another human being is, is sickening. And these people should be punished severely, I think. When you were... Like I say, when you, when you, I'd seen you, I think it was Christmas Eve. You were you were you were out your nut. What kind of stuff were you taking that day? Uh, Valium, lots uh, lots of alcohol, heroin, mm -hmm. a mixture of cocktail or stuff. Can you remember me? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you needed to put subtitles. In. <laughs> it's uh, but what you think I speak? I'm trying to pick pocket my pals. Valium, gas. It's when did you? So when the help eventually came. Because we'd spoke, and I think I tried to speak to you when you eventually sobered up. I think the valley were just wearing half <laughs> a couple of days later. And you became clear, I think you understood that you, you did want to change and you wanted a better life for yourself. Because everybody, I believe, has got greatness in them. Everybody can change. And you're living proof of that. You're a fine example that no matter what you go through, no matter what age you are, people can change. You, they can. And Stuart's is proof that you can. So when you eventually go to help in January, talk so people understand how you end up starting dating it? Well, no, I mean, uh, I had been to a Christian Murray Club before, no, no, and everybody else, and I knew, I knew Ricky and Julie for Street Connect, no, I mean, I also had friends, no, I mean, for Salt and Light Ministry. And these two, these two, uh, these two charities that have helped us, no, I mean, I've been, they've always been there for us, no, I mean, they've always, they've always stuck by us, no matter what, man, through all the addiction and all the crazy stuff, man, they're always there, helping me to, to see what you were saying, know what I mean, but there's a better life for us, know what I mean, so I had been in rehab before, know what I mean, and I knew it was the way to go, take myself out of Glasgow, and I've heard you saying it, know what I mean, changing my mind, the way I think about myself, know what I mean, so I went, I went away, man, and I, I really looked at myself, man, know what I mean, and I changed the way I thought about myself, know what I mean, and, and know what I mean, bringing the Bible into it, because it's my favourite book, you know, know what I mean, and it says, I mean, be transformed between you and your mind, Mm -hmm. And I have been transformed by the way I think and the way I see other people, you know what I mean? And it's not that, sometimes I think you need to be at true brokenness, you know what I mean, before you can put it back together, right, you know what I mean? So it's hard, you know what I mean? This is all part of your journey, though, and everybody's been broken, whether they want to believe it or not. We've all been through hurt and pain, we've all been through struggle, but there must be a come a breaking point where you go, fuck me, enough's enough, yeah. I'm going to change, I'm going to better my life and, and take the steps to eventually do it. And like I say, you're nine months clean now, sober. How are you feeling? No, good, good. No, it's good. No, I mean, just to sit here and have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> but people can understand if they put I love it, mate. And that's the good thing about it, mate. We can laugh about it. Just because people maybe hang on to their past and, and they're scared, they're, they're hurted, that hurted, sorry, it's hurt's not, hurt is not a word. Hurt. <laughs> but, uh, you don't need to live in the past. You don't need to live there. You, it's done. It's about taking the steps for the now and then moving forward. What's your plans for the future? Well, I have a heart for Glasgow, I have a heart for the homeless people, you know, and whatever else to make a difference, you know what I mean? So I'm doing a Christian run leadership course, you know what I mean? And we go out into the streets, you know what I mean? And leads in that, you know what I mean? Twice a week, man, to help the homeless, you know what I mean? Just to, it's all right saying, you know what I mean? I've been homeless, so I should understand them. But it's how, how I approach them, you know what I mean? I don't want to be saying the wrong thing to them and giving them false hope, you know what I mean? Right. Whatever else, you know. Because you've got to lead by example. You've got to practice what you preach as well. And I always say, actions speak louder than words. A lot of people can read through books and, and think they understand it. But if you've lived it, you know how 
yeah. low you can feel. You know how lonely it is. And like I say, it's like a small community being homeless. You kind of know everybody. I knew everybody after yeah, seven yeah, days. Yeah. I, I, I knew everybody. People used to speak to us. And you end up building a report. It's like a, a world within a world. It's mental. Obviously, Ricky and Julie became yeah. good pals with me through Street Connect. And they do massive things. And other charities I'm going to mention through City Mission. Because I know you went to yeah, see yeah. them yesterday. And uh, Daniel who runs Second Chance Scotland, they've got mail that help the homeless. These charities are in the tune every day, saving lives. If these people weren't there, there'd be dead bodies everywhere. And I, I say that nearly every time I speak about them because they're the real heroes. They don't get the recognition that they deserve because the, the things they do for people is unbelievable and you're living proof of that. If you never had these people giving you clothes, giving you shelter, or giving you food, you would be dead. Yeah. It's as simple as that. What, what do you think needs to change, though, for homelessness to help drop the numbers down? Because the numbers are rising. Ah, uh, well, I noticed that the other day when I was walking, walking through the city and saying, I don't want to mission, you know what I mean? I must have counted, you know what I mean, 15 people along that street, you know what I mean? And it's not that. It's a council and people's people's mindset towards homelessness need to change a little bit, doesn't it? You know what I mean? They need to change the way they see people and all that and whatever else, man. They need to be pulling together, you know what I mean? There's one, you know what I mean? No dislike. No dislike, no, I mean, we want all the glory for helping them and all that, whatever else, and they want to do it their way. No, I mean, even if they could all get together, man, and sit down and see what's best, no, I mean, get the homeless people involved. They don't really ask them what they want, no, I mean, they say this is what's best for you. No, I mean, and they think, they think most of the answer is just giving them a house. It's no. not giving them a house, no, I mean, it's getting getting that mindset changed in them, no, I mean, and Henry telling them there is a better future for them, mm. dealing with their drug issues, no, I mean, dealing with their mental health, no, I mean, dealing... Dealing with dealing with simple things like how to budget and how to how to do things properly. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not just a case of rehoming people. I believe that as well. It's it stands for there's people out there with two jobs that can't keep a house. There's people out there struggling themselves that are pulling in a wage. It's not it's whether it's physical abuse, mental abuse, whatever kind it is. You've got to if you rehome somebody that's got addiction problems, they're not going to keep it. And then if you're out in your ass again, you feel worthless again that you can't cope with it. And, so you've got to really work with the mindset and get them believing in themselves, working on the self-esteem, working on the confidence, like yourself, to to become a stronger person. And then when problems come your way, you can handle them. It's not just a case of, right, I'm going to go and sleep in the streets because I'm away from it all. You handle that because we've got problems every day. Every day of our lives we're going to have problems. But if you're sober and clean, for me, when I'm not drinking or taking drugs, any catastrophes that happen in my life, I'm going to lose people, family members. I can deal with that better. In the past, if somebody died, that was my excuse to go and get follow a Charlie for a year. Do you know what I mean? And then every time it was our birthday or their anniversary, it was an excuse to go out for two or three days. I felt as if I had an excuse. Oh, I'm feeling sad. I created excuses. I always had excuses why I was partying, why I was gambling. Oh, it's my dad's anniversary. Oh, it's my pal's anniversary. He got murdered. He died. This and that. Always had an excuse to take drugs. Always had an excuse to party. But now, when you become clean and become sober, when these things happen, which normally which are going to happen, it's life, you handle them better, you handle these situations better, you go, do you know what, fuck it, I deal with it, and then you move on, because it's easy to slip into bad habits, and when you're in these bad habits, it's very difficult to get out, it's no easy, you know that yourself, many times you've probably wanted to change your life, and you've slipped back, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, no, I mean, hang me, somebody explained it as this, man, no, I mean, society will give you a plaster and not a plaster for a bullet man, you know what I mean, eventually, you know what I mean, like, you, like you're saying, you know what I mean, it'll eventually seep out because, you know what I mean, Jaime, because they don't deal with the real issue, you know what I mean, like, they fling methadone at it, and they fling, like, a prescription at it, you know what I mean, is that really dealing with, 
know what I mean, the thing behind behind the addiction, you know what I mean, all that hurt and all that pain. You know what I mean? I don't know, you know what I mean? Did they really do a good job at that, you know what I mean? Because I used to go and see a drug counsellor and I was literally in for two seconds and then out again. You know what I mean? Even to talk about so why do you take drugs? You know what I mean? But would you take drugs, you know what I mean? What you're talking about. Anyway, I use excuses, you know what I mean, just to take drugs. Or because I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, you know what I mean? This one, it's like, see you enough today to fall into that, then before you know it, you know what I mean, you end up getting a habit again. Aye, and then that's where, getting on the street, and it's scary to think that homeless people accept that abuse as well. They think it's normal to get bullied, to get kicked, to get punched, to get... And they, I've spoke to them, and they just accept it. They don't tell anybody because they think they'll listen, and they think because they've no, no getting an address. How can they report it? No, exactly. Me. Mm-hmm. Because most of the stuff we're doing in the street, man, is illegal. And the police, you know what I mean? The police as well, you know what I mean? I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as say, but they're a bit... They don't bully people, but they're hard work to move you on when you're trying to make money or you're trying to find somewhere to sleep. You know trying to mean? survive. Or when, or when you leave your sleeping bag somewhere, a council member comes along and moves your sleeping bag and puts it in a bin, then you need to start lying again. Because I know some places put spikes in outdoorways so nobody can lie down. This is the society we're in. It's, it's scary to think that. Even park benches now, they're, they're putting wee things in the middle of them where nobody can rest or nobody can sleep. You put sleep. 20 pence in, no, I mean, it takes its spikes down, you're allowed to sit there for them. <laughs> Aye, so, and there's places now that you're getting fined for sleeping in the streets. You're getting fined £100 for sleeping in the streets, they're taking your stuff off you, and then, how's that possible? You can't pay £100, so obviously then you've got a warning, but some people actually prefer the jail. Some homeless people actually prefer the jail, you're getting three meals a day, so they're committing crimes. I know it's a stupid way to think, but when you're when you're wanting to just keep out the cold and you're wanting fed, then it's easy it to happen, go to It happens time. every year at this time. See, this time of the year, you know what I mean, probably, the, the number of people will, will get the jail for silly crimes, you know what I mean, take it over the Christmas period, you know what I mean, and hang me. It's like, I've, I know people, you know what I mean, who have committed breach of the pieces, you know what I mean, so they'll get four or five, four or five months for a breach of the peace, six months, man, that'll get them there Christmas. I know. Then they'll come back out in January and start all over again. Mm-hmm. How many people have you lost, pals, that you've been on the streets with? I've, I've, uh, well, pals, no, I mean, I've lost a few, you know what I mean, I've lost a few, you know what I mean, I've lost a guy called Doc, you know what I mean, who used to sleep down at Central Station, you know what I mean? But, that, that guy didn't want to help himself, he just accepted that he was on the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people, I know some older people, I know that my brothers have been out in the streets for years, man, you know what I mean? Like Peter, what you were talking to, yeah, under the bridge years. and whatever else, man. He's just accepted it, you know what I mean? And the council are trying to help him and help him a numerous amount of times and they keep putting him into places and he keeps walking away from it, you know what I mean? Because he can't break that cycle of living in the streets, you know what I mean, where he feels safer, he feels accepted and all that. I've had to see, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in your documentary at Christmas, you know what I mean? I had a house, but I couldn't go back because of addiction issues and sort of thing with alcoholism and all that and own drug money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I couldn't break that cycle, you know what I mean? Hang me in plus, I felt me accepted in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With my people, people who understood me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My brother, I love my brother, you know what I mean? My brother, but he doesn't understand the issues mm-hmm. behind the addiction and all that. How do they treat it? How do they look at that problem? Do they just think you're in, you're in control, but it's hard to break the cycle, as you say it? When, when I was doing my gambling, people couldn't understand it. You're throwing away money, but they don't realise it's the mindset, it's the dopamine you receive. It's yeah. like if you're feeling low, if you're taking smart or coke, yeah. you're releasing that dopamine when you're feeling good about yourself. So it's, people don't realise it stems from all the rooted problems, whether it's the abuse mentally, physically. People need to hide from that. We've got so many rooted problems, and some people who've never been through that journey don't understand it. So instead, of, you've got to help yourself as well, Stuart. You know that we can't push help upon anybody. 
but when your family members, did they, did they used to look down at you? How did they feel? They must have felt sad as well to see you on the streets. Well, they, they knew I've been on the streets, no, not my Rails man. They knew I had a connection issues, no, not my Rails man. But they were like dealing with me, saying, just don't turn up. You, you know you're more welcome to come to my house, but just don't come when you've had a drink in you, you're, you're under the influence of drugs, no, no. no I mean, that's their way of dealing with I mean, you can come when you're sober. No, I mean, we'll help you the best we can, no, no. we'll give you somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. But addiction, no, I mean, one of the hardest things to break. Especially if you've not got one minute, did you have many? Was it every well, I was addicted to Valium, heroin and, and drink. Many Valium a day? Well, I was taking probably between 30 and 40 Valium, but that time of Christmas, man, you know what Christmas is like, man. You just want to escape because you know the next day is Christmas. No, I mean, it, Hey man, man, went and back, man. I was invited to my brother's for Christmas Day dinner. I ended up in the soup kitchen. You know what I mean? And like, went and back in it, man. I'm like, ah, what my day? Have you ever contemplated suicide? I used to self harm, you know what I mean? Because of addiction and all that. And I tried to take suicides, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? That's all down part of it, innit? You know I mean? All comes along with addiction and flipping, you know what I mean? Living in the streets, you know what I mean? And being hurt, you know what I mean? And hang me. I used to go to a psychiatrist, you know what I mean? I went to a psychiatrist once, and she says, you've got a personality. I said, I didn't even know I had a personality. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, you're quite intelligent. And I'm like, is that something else I can get DLA for? <laughs> she, she ended up searching me for some materials. <laughs> I was like, that result. Fuck's <laughs> sick. But that's what I'm saying. That's why the, one of the reasons we did the documentary at Christmas, because it is a time of family and love and joy. When you're when you're waking up on Christmas Eve, it's easy to to just quite go and get mad about arrange your life because you feel nobody cares. If, especially sitting in that town, when you're seeing families walking by, everybody holding horns, enjoying themselves, going to buy presents, that is the worst. That was the worst feeling for me was was seeing that as well. As much as the stories broke my heart, when you're seeing other people happy and living life, but yet they walk by so many people that are homeless and scared and crying, everybody. Like I say, I built up a rapport with all you. I built up the trust where you would open up. Obviously, know yourself because you were, you were eyes <laughs> ah, a shite. But the ones when you were sober that day when you were in that tent, mate, I didn't even know that was you because it was night and day. Yeah, yeah. Stuart was in a, a blow up tent. I was like a spray tan tent. I was like a blow up tent. And, uh, like a tent. <laughs> and uh, that was probably when you were at your soberest. That was I think that was Boxing Day. Yeah, you must have been. It must have been coming out your system. But when you you break it all down. It is. It's not. Sometimes, no. I mean, when you're sitting on the streets and all that, it's not just, no. I mean, hang me, sitting begging to get money, man. But you want, no. I mean, you just want somebody to sit down like yourself, or some somebody like Fish Street Connector, Glasgow City Mission, or Salt and Lake, man. Sit down and talk to you, acknowledge you, but you're a human, no. I mean, there's a better thing. You, you can do this. There's something better. No, I mean, you're more worth than this. Because the new was filming in the Salvation Army. And Scott, boy Scott, who runs it, was telling us about the guy who started that in 1860 or 1860. The guy who started the Salvation Army um, was was that a rebel, kinda. He kind of went into pubs and took everybody to the pubs and yeah, yeah. wanted to get them off drugs. And he kind, this is what it all started for. And now it's in 130 countries. This was in the 1860s when everything was full of drinking again. That's what we we're taught about. Nothing's really changed. It's went back to Victorian times because. Homelessness is on the rise, more people are taking drink, more people are taking drugs, more people are suicidal. Nothing's changed. And this is a guy who tried to change it in the 1860s. But to think about that and try and make the changes then, that guy must have been so ahead of his time to create all that awareness. And he was taking people at pubs, but then when they were having, he used to put them in a tent. People are homeless and that, hookers, prostitutes, put them in a tent, but then people for the pubs 
were setting fire to the tent trying to kill them. Again, nothing's changed. People are still trying to do that with homeless people. This is a guy who's just trying to make change. What's this guy's name? William Booth. William Booth. For any, I just heard the story today. For anybody, look it up. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, but I've just done a study in his book, you know what I mean? Soap, Shoot and Salvation, you know what I mean? He was a radical guy who had a vision, you know what I mean? To go out and help people, man. To equip them, man. Give them better tools to have a better life, you know what I mean? To educate them, take them out, man. Give them the tools, man. To, to live a successful life instead of like, the stein and pubs drinking and all that, and everything else, you know what I mean, and it's not that. I, I have the tools, you know what I mean, at my, at my disposal for a better life. I'm doing this leadership academy, man, doors are opening up and all that, and everything else. I've came here today, man, and we've got a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to the woman, uh, me, Stuart, Gordon, um, they've got to Cambodia next year, and they want us to, do Gordon, to document it, and they want, obviously, me and Stuart to tell our story. Stuart, lying in the street nine months ago, to go to Cambodia and speak to kids and, build schools and this shows you the opportunities that I've we even meeting you at Christmas and um, coming up with the idea of the Gordon putting it's that together and now we're sitting here and it's having that ripple effect to create awareness sometimes we don't realise actually what we are doing until you sit back and go wait a minute this is unbelievable before you know it mate not, who would have thought would have been in a documentary again but this time it's like something you said to me when I spoke to you on the phone you know what I mean actually you can be a lightness and see if I can change one person's mind you know what I mean about how they look at homelessness and all that and everything else, man. That's enough for me, ain't it? Know what I mean? Ain't it? To get somebody off the street, know what I mean? It's, know what I mean? But you're doing that, and I think Glasgow's becoming a shift for the change. We're creating massive changes. The documentary's been massive. It's created massive awareness, but it doesn't stop there for us. We've got to create... I was in a town last night, getting out bags and um, wee survival kits, but it's, it's not enough for me. I want to create mass changes. I want to create major, major changes and and be at the forefront to create these changes and I believe it's happening it takes time we're, like I say this 12 week system I'm still trying to come up with there's so much red tape running it I met a guy with the council last week that there's so much blockers and so much shit running it because health and safety um, funding nobody's want to back it they say there's already stuff getting done but it's not because the numbers are rising the people who are doing the major jobs for me is the ones who your street connects and the people who are in doing the groundwork they're doing the groundwork day in day, day, in, day out do you know what I mean? It's there can be there's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Do you know what I mean? There's too many people trying to call shots. There's too many people. Everybody's all over the place. I think everybody needs to get together to come up with a better solution. Canada are even by the forefront. I think it's is it Norway or Finland who have drove numbers down. I don't think there is much homeless people in. I think it's Finland, Norway, or Iceland, and uh, because of this new system that they have. They've tried, they've tried everything, the way they've tried it, you know what I mean? Like I said earlier, you know what I mean? Hang me, they all get together, you know what I mean? Hang me, put your head together, you know what I mean? Come up with a new idea, mm -hmm. like you're saying, you know what I mean? Trying to get this 12, this 12 week programme where you take people away, you change their mindset, you give them a better belief, you put, you put hope into them, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Tell them there's a better future, deal with addiction, deal with addiction issues and all that, and then bring them back, mm -hmm. then, then support them through housing. Mm -hmm. I know there's support for housing, but it's hard It's hard to explain, you know what I mean? Sometimes you feel lonely, even though you're in a house, you know what I mean? You what I mean? But also you feel lonely when you're in the streets and you've uh, already exactly. about you. You'd rather have, have a one before you're here. It's heated. like, you know what I mean? Because like, you know where you, you know, you know, like there's certain groups within the street, you know what I mean? Also people will take drugs and whatever else, and there's these ones and whatever else. Like, I shouldn't have been gone there and I shouldn't be gone here. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't even feel safe mixing with the people mm -hmm. the homeless. Because it's survival mode, isn't it? 
you're trying to survive, you're trying to get as much money as you can to survive, whether it's to get your fix or whatever, it's still a human being. It's still somebody that's, that's disconnected, and I, I, I say it all the time, but it is somebody's mad or even our best pals on that street. And we can't even forget that. Just two minutes of your time, you don't need to give money. And you can't speak to everybody. If you were to speak to everybody, you'd never get him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, even, speak to, even speak to one person, build up a rapport, learn. Well, the charities are learn where you can point them in the right direction because a lot of people begging in the streets, you know yourself, Stuart, that I'm the homeless. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? For the ones that have accepted the abuse and are staying in the streets, that's where we've got to start first and do the groundwork to crime to better their life. But it's no easy. It's not going to be easy. We might not see the massive changes in our lifetime, but if we can put plant the seeds and get and generate enough help, then it can pass down for generation to generation to create the help. See when you're at see when you came off the drugs, how hard was that? And when did you come after them, January? Uh, January, start of January. Well, I moved in with Annie and Martin, what I mean, to yeah. run the Salt and Light Ministry. No and what's the Salt and Light Ministry? Well, Annie, Annie started a charity many years ago, not me to help the, the prostitutes and the homeless in Glasgow, not I mean, she used to, like, she used to take a bus around, like, the hostels in Glasgow, mm-hmm. like, round Hope House, round, like, the Belgrove, not I mean, whatever else can give out sandwiches and all that. It's got a line people just, not I mean, building up a rapport with them, like you say, not I mean, just fucking helping them, supporting them and all that, and whatever else. And she's done it for a numerous amount of years, not I mean, and she ended up getting an MBA for it, not I mean, so, anyway, uh, she took us in for 12 days, not I mean, it was hard, not I mean, I had to men or less call Turkey, but at the end of the day, I was willing to put that in, not I mean, because I knew there was something better than the end of it. For me, was that the first time you went cold Turkey with foot method oh, or with foot value? Oh. I'd been called Turkey before, you know what I mean, but it's hard to explain, man. That relapse there, you know what I mean, was darker than any. See, if you put all my years of addiction and homelessness together, you know that, whatever else, man, you put that into that one episode, you know what I mean, round about flipping, round about that time last year, you know what I mean, it was the darkest place I was in. I didn't even know how I was going to get it. No, I still don't. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, wow. I mean, I look back and I how did I manage to get in that? Hats off to you for changing. Why was that the darkest place for you at that time? I don't know, man. I think it was because of the amount, the amount and how quick, man, you know what I mean? How you can relapse, you know what I mean? After being clean for so long, you know what I mean? And how, how much and how hard, how much, the amount of drugs I took, know that, man. You know what I mean? It's like maybe 40, 50 days volume a day, you know what I mean? Drinking litres of butterfly cider, cancer, super lager. Know what I mean, smoking bags upon bags, know what I mean, a heroin, know what I mean. And then out these 20 pence toilets. <laughs> I know. Is it, do you count your blessings though that you've come through it, Stuart? Aye, aye. I know I've got a better future, I'm not a real man, but I'm 41 now, know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I can change, know what I mean, I have changed. You have changed? Mean, hey, yeah, I have changed, know what I mean, and hey, mate, I know I can come back and make a difference in other people's lives, know what I mean. The time, the time that I've got this now and the time I've got until I come back to Glasgow and whatever else I'm going to use wisely, you know what I mean, so I can help people, you know what I mean. And you're doing it, you're on the right path. See when you're going through it on as well, obviously, you've been a kid, you got two. Two, and they two were two in, two and into care. They were taken into care. They were right? adopted and that, so I don't have really much contact with them no. that. But that would have played a big effect on your mindset as well, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But like I say, the, the things you're doing now, every can, people can change and people can eventually go, do you know what, you had your problems. Your mindset was fucked. Let's face it. So was everybody's has been. But you're 41. It's never too late for anybody to change. You've come through it. You've come through the abuse physically, mentally, whatever it is. Drink addiction, drug addiction, sleeping in the streets, losing houses, losing pals. And like I say, you're living proof that you can change. You're living proof that you can take the reins and, and take control of your life. And again, through what I've seen yet in December, 
to we're in October is is remarkable, mate. And I think it's I take my hat off to you because like when I seen you, mate, I, I'm gonna be honest. I thought you were a goner. I thought you were fucked. Yeah. I thought you were. There's no long. There's he'll no last long. And there's already been three people that's passed away in my documentary, and you proved us wrong, which I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad, mate. We can sit here and laugh and joke. We speak on the phone, and. Uh, we laugh, we joke, and it's just because you've had problems, it doesn't mean you forget to fucking laugh. Laughter's the best medicine. Do you know what I mean? We can, we can laugh, we can joke, and it makes you feel part of life again, doesn't it? Instead of sitting there in the dumps with the, the horn in the heads and thinking, God, I fucked up. When I was homeless, man, I used to be able to tell my pals, man, fucking better trainers, man. I used to, never, never used to look up, never looked anybody in the eye, you know, and mm. tell my pals, better trainers, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Good just to sit here normal, man, you know what I mean, have a conversation, but he doesn't need to put subtitles to <laughs> <laughs> That's mad, mate. Instead of a heat. See, when you sent me a clip of that documentary, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, it looked like, I don't even know what I looked like, man. I showed somebody and I'm like, you know something? <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead in that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I don't think, I don't think I could ever go back to that, you know what I mean? If I ever, ever go back to it, man, I might as well be on the phone to the, you know what I mean, the co-op saying here, but put me a pop on that place. But like I say, as scary as it sounds, you've still, you've done it and your whole life's in front of you. The world's yours still. Cambodia. Yeah, Cambodia. <laughs> they thought, mate, we've got to go do a documentary in Cambodia. <laughs> After seeing you in the street, you're, you're not for, for your, the full seven days, mate, every time I've seen you. But that, that just shows you the escapism and, how deep you want to go in life and well, to hide for the pain? No, I mean, this year as well, no, I mean, I'm coming back, Street Connect, no, I mean, I think I do Angela doing a sleep out, no, I mean, for the 19th to the 22nd. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come back and do that, man, no, I mean, yeah. help out with the homeless over Christmas yeah. and that, the holidays, no, I mean. Because you actually sat in mission yesterday as well and uh, went in to see them. Yeah. What were they saying? Oh, they were just happy for a bit of change and transform my life and everything else. I just caught up with uh, one of the support workers there and just as I talked with him and talked to Linda and just, not, I mean, just to encourage him as well, man. I mean, it helps him to see, not, I mean, here, look, man, there's somebody we've helped, not, I mean, all in the years and all that, and everything else, man. It's a bit weird getting in there, not, I mean, it's a bit weird getting in there and helping out, not, I mean, when you're helping, instead of sitting at the other table, not, I mean. Waiting for your dinner. Waiting for your dinner, not, I mean. But these people, again, they're saving lives. The Christmas dinners, I had two Christmas dinners. I put weight on during the documentary. <laughs> I put weight on. Um, That's because you've only playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing tennis yesterday. Stuart phone us and says, Where the fuck you doing? No answer your phone. I says, I was away playing tennis. <laughs> I'm not a snob, actually. It was just, uh, it was just, we were in playing tennis with my two pals. It's just, Stuart, the boy, it's just for, like I say, everything you've came through, you're living proof that people can change their life, mate. And to be sitting here clean and sober nine months later, to be helping people. And homelessness, to be just speaking to the woman there who's what it takes to Cambodia to do a documentary, it's unbelievable. And for anybody that's in the struggle, I've been in the struggle, but I was, I was always a gift of the gab, I was never that low. I always had, I could get a piece of anybody's though, I was a, I was a fucking wide though, do you know what I mean? So if I was lost in money, I always had a bird to go to, or whatever I could float about and fuck, fuck people's heads up to get, stay with them. I was never that low to hit the tune. You did. And like I say, when you say that was your lowest point there at Christmas and you thought you would never get out, you came out it. Nine months later, mate, you're helping homeless people. You're, you're serving homeless people food now. You're changing your life and, and you're learning, you're growing. You've, whatever you're learning, it's working for you. And I take my hat after you. And again, thanks to the Salvation Army for letting us use their, their premises today. And 
this is only the start for us, mate, and I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm genuinely proud of you. It's, uh, it's brilliant, man, and you should be proud of yourself. And this is only the start for for us to kick on, mate, and, and really make a difference in people's lives. So, Stuarty boy, it's good to see you clean and sober. And I've nothing but respect for you, mate. And all the best for the future, mate. Moan pub. Oi, cut that See you later. Thanks, Stuarty boy. Social Podcast Network.